Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. It's uh, me, Rich Clark, and Dr. Mark Daniels here to answer your questions. Hello to all of our listeners out there across uh, the different uh, countries in the world. It's uh, Australia now, Mark, and uh, Asia, and as I said, Dubai before. So really getting out there. How are you, pal, in uh, s- sunny, sunny South Wales? Yeah, it's quite sunny today. Actually, it's windy, but it's quite sunny. So uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, one of my daughters is out in Australia, and uh, the others are all coming back. I mean, this episode goes out after Christmas. Yeah, it's just after gone. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. they're recording it before, but it'll be uh, Christmas will be over. Yeah. I'll, I'll be you know half stone heavy or whatever. <laughs> well, not if they followed our tips from uh, the yeah, last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't follow any of your own advice. I you know, typical, isn't it? Uh, great. So, without further ado, then let's get stuck into some questions. Yes. Um, the festive season. Let's uh, see what we've got here. Okay, first seasonal question, kind of. The question for Dr. Daniels. What foods can help fight a cold this winter? From Thomas44. That, that's to prevent a cold, is it? Yeah, what uh, foods can help fight the cold? Yeah, to uh, prevent a cold or whatever. Maybe even once you've got a cold. Get rid of a cold. We've got a couple of questions on that, haven't we? We've done it before, I know. Yeah, we have uh, done it before, and I've I th- I don't know if I've taken the other questions out about that. Uh, oh, fair enough. Okay, I'll. I'll what go. we've got one uh, about uh, what activity you can do when you oh, yeah, get okay. a cold, and yeah. okay, yeah, that's it. Cool. Okay, so I'll go through. I'll go through things. Prevention first. Foods, yeah. Yeah, prevention first. First thing of all, it's it's about. The most important thing is to get you keep your immunity high, all right? It's no good taking all the various supplements if your immunity is really low anyway. So try and try and keep yourself healthy um, and keep your immunity up by not eating unprepared grains, sugars, industrial seed oil, refined foods. That'll help keep your immunity up anyway. So eat a, a nutrient dense, toxin free diet if you can, all right? Yeah. Now, if you want some stuff to um, to actually, uh, you know, some stuff you can eat to prevent it. I mean, there's a, there's a cracking product called fermented cod liver oil and butter oil blend. Have you heard of that, Rich? I haven't, no. No, it's, it's, it's a sort of superfood supplement you can take through the winter. It's got loads of fat-soluble vitamins, um, which support the immune system. It's got, it's got EPA, DHA, which are, you know, fatty acids. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's basically, you get, it, you get it on Amazon, you can, and it's two capsules a day, and it just gives you loads and loads of, sort of fat-soluble vitamins that help. And if you want to do it more naturally, you can just eat liver. I mean, liver is, is, is sort of nature's multivitamin. It's got, it's, it is the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. Um, get that in uh, faggots in Wales as well. And yeah, yeah, you get it in faggots. That's, I mean, I, that's I, I, just to I, clear I, that word up for anybody who's in an international um, kind of, uh, listener, especially in Dubai. Um, 
Faggots is a food. Or faggots are a food. <laughs> Not a homosexual kind of reference yeah. or anything like that. Of course, I've drawn that, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I used to being faggots and bees. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can have bone broth. I mean, it's, uh, you know, especially around the Christmas time, you've got an old turkey sitting around, you can boil it up and uh, make yourself some bone broth. It's incredibly, it's like, you know, the old chicken soup. I mean, it is basically, mm. that's what it was. I mean, yes. bone broth. So yeah, that helps, full of um, good stuff for the collagen, etc. Any fermented food, you know, you've got your... Um, uh, which is called the kimchi, or whatever it's called, and yeah, your um, sauerkraut and stuff. Sauerkraut is what I was looking for. Yeah, the other classic, and you always mention this one, is vitamin C. Um, I, I basically eat an orange a day. That gives me enough vitamin C. I, I, rather than supplement, I rather eat natural food. So I, I take vitamin C by an orange a day. You can, I do actually supplement vitamin D. Vitamin D is one that you, you definitely should supplement during the winter period because you will not get enough um, sun. There's a cracker, which is a Chinese herb. It's got a it's got an unfortunate name. It's called Jade Windscreen Formula. It's, it's not something you put in your car. It's uh, it's, it's Chinese name. It's Yuping Feng Shan. But um, well, Jade Windscreen Formula, you, that's that's basically made up of loads and loads of sort of um, uh, botanicals. It's got lead, borrelia, and like, things I can't say, basically. All right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Chinese health food that is actually very good. It's, it doesn't interact with anything, so it's, it's actually very good. Sleep and rest. They're, like, they're incredibly important for your immune system to get some sleep and rest. Now, that's basically to prevent you, and there's loads of stuff that people can go out and buy or eat or whatever there. Mm. But for treatment, double up your um, your um, FCLO-BO, which is the stuff I was on about before, fermented cod liver oil and butter oil blend. If you want to take something to treat your cold, that's the stuff to take. Ginger, honey, lemon tea is quite good. Uh, sweat, I mean, you go in your sore, yeah. that, sore that will help. Increase your probiotics, take vitamin C, take some zinc, rest, 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 and rest, more yeah, rest. Yeah. I think that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, sometimes looking for these wonder cures and these one thing to do something like, oh, yeah, take this for that and this for that, it can lead you down a path. So, um, like, from the food perspective, like, you, you hit it in the first sentence, I think, Mark. It's just like a nutrient-dense, toxin-free diet. And yeah. I think if you stick with uh, cutting out the crap, which is my new favorite diet I give people, COTC uh, diet, you know, first you heard it here, just cut out the crap, people, and you will not be as vulnerable to, to colds, you know. If if you're cutting out the, the rubbish and uh, you're, you're doing that, then make sure your oral hygiene and your gut health is good. And then that's the next two things, I think, which can sometimes leave you vulnerable, is if you've got bleeding gums or poor gut health. So, But food-wise, the usual garlic and onions and, and green leafy vegetables, like Mark said, all the good fats and the fish oils, but could go on all day, but just... Keep it healthy. That's what foods fight the cold. Healthy foods, okay? And don't go to your doctor for antibiotics, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. yeah coming to me, I just shout at people when they do that. Oh, I don't shout at them. Oh, there was a report out recently that, that, that was running down the GPs, and I, I wasn't really, you know, it was a little embarrassing because it was GPs in Wales still prescribing antibiotics for da-da-da-da, you know, and they were, like, as if they don't do it elsewhere, and it was all... You know, it was all that sort of thing. It's it's not just a localized thing. I don't think in Wales. I think it's a national 
thing, but they were quite pleased to say that we were doing it more than anybody else down here in Wales. So, for our listeners, it's good information, it's good advice. So, just it's okay to question your GP, Mark, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, it does it. People question me all the time. They don't come back after that much. No. <laughs> no. Next, <laughs> next question. Uh, hi, Rich. Any chance you could take this question on the podcast? I have a congenital fusion between C1 and C2 and a partial fusion between C2 and C3. As I'm getting older, it is getting more and more difficult to manage. Constant tension in my neck and shoulders leads to pain, frequent headaches and often severe migraine. I often try to avoid picking up my daughter for fear of literally the consequences that last days. I see an osteopath every two to three weeks, mostly stays on top of it, but often I am desperate for the appointment by the time it comes around. I also find I go through regular periods where I take painkillers like sweets. Most conventional neck stretches I've tried, no head rolling in brackets, cause temporary relief but ultimately make things worse. Are there any exercises and or stretches you could suggest that may help? Uh, thanks, buddy. Mike Nash, and he's uh, 37, same age as me, I think, 38 maybe. Mark, do you want to explain to people what the the congenital fusion is? Well, the thing is, the level he's got is right at the top. Yeah. It's where your head rotates, so it's the it's a rotational movement you'll be stuck with. I mean, I've got I've got a problem at C5, C6. I've got a piece of plastic and. Uh, I've had one disc removed there after a head injury. So I've got, I've got some sympathy with this bloke. Um, it's probably worse at C1, C2, C3, and C, C2 and 3, C3, because they're right at the top and they are the rotational aspect for your neck. So he will have problems rotating. Um, to be perfectly frank with you, I went to a physio after I had my neck operation. The physio said to me, well, there's not much I can do for you, to be honest. Mm. So what I did was, uh, pardon my friend, just thought, fuck it and just get on with it. And yeah. I just basically, I don't do it. I don't really stretch this to my neck. But what I do do is I do lots of exercise to build the muscles. And the only exercise I don't do is, is headstands. I don't do that because it would yeah. kill me if yeah. I did that. Because in, in case I fall out of it. Sorry to interrupt, Mark. Sorry to interrupt. And that's exactly um, what um, I, I kind of went back to, to Mike because he's my buddy. And I said, um, I can't remember something like, were you exercising and whatnot? But he could come back with this because I just scrolled down now. And there's another bit to this question. He came back from my email and he said, he cycles twice a week, but it's not great on his neck and shoulders and no. tend to do less when it gets cold and dark and wet. That's fair enough. And his, I asked him about his nutrition because your nutrition can affect the, your, the state of your muscles. And uh, he said his diet is completely crap. He's overweight. Uh, he eats too many carbs. He's stressed, um, feeling exhausted, uh, but being in pain also. So he... He's going to start the cut of the crap diet, um, which I I kind of uh, already suggested to him. So, yeah. So exercise, Mark. Yeah, any exercise. I think. I, mean, I yes. think cycling is not particularly good, especially if you've got a drop hand above. Yeah, because the position is shit, isn't it? Neck. Yeah. Um. So you know, uh, in good, yeah. extension. Yeah. So you, you you that's probably not a good exercise. And I I also find swimming's poor. I'm not a great swimmer. If I try and do breaststroke, I've got to lift my head up. Yeah. So I, I don't find swimming very good. I find uh, you could use the stationary bike. I find rowing very good. Yeah. Uh, and weight exercise, weight, weight exercises, and you can walk and run. I mean, you can do any of those. But I, I actually think you know doing these strength work helps more than anything else. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing he can do if he's stressed out. I mean, I do a bit of yoga and a bit of um, yeah. sort of gentle stretching and 
you know, relaxation, a bit of meditation, all that helps to relax you because if nothing worse than having, everyone knows if they're stressed, their neck gets tight. So if, if he relaxes, he will he will find that he, his neck won't be so tight and he won't get so much pain. Yeah. And the other thing is, I have never taken a painkiller for my neck. No. Well, just, because the, yeah. the simplest thing is, if you've got pain in your neck, it's telling you, you know, ease off, chill out a bit, you know, st- stop doing stupid things. So if I take painkillers, I, I would be I would do things that would make my neck worse. So I don't take any pain relief. I mean, it's, it's not for everyone, but I just try to find other ways of managing it. Yeah. Well, I I actually did suggest to him as well uh, to. Maybe if he's responding, because he, he said that he flares up really quickly for days, just even like lifting his daughter and things like that. Now, when somebody's that tender and that acutely kind of um, aware that they could do anything to set themselves up, I like to get them to get the uh, inflammation levels checked. Yeah. So yeah, I did suggest that to Mike, that he get some sort of, marker for where he is now with his is is maybe a crp or whatever i don't understand the, the different inflammatory tests but i know crp is probably the best one right there we go so i, I know there's different types if he gets that you have an idea where he is and then if he does some relaxation some exercise you'll know if he's doing any good or, or mm-hmm. harm really yeah and then so that's an excellent idea and then after you get that then as you say um put a, a, a sort of a strategy in place and then get a retest in six months but hopefully you'll know anyway but what I would do is not stretch the neck as such, but like Mark said, stretch the entire body because based on fascia, now it's hard to explain fascia over a podcast, but it's like you've got a cling film attached to the entire sort of outside of your body or you're in one of these vac packs type thing. And every time you get damage in that vac pack or that fascia, it starts to twist and tighten. And if you can imagine wearing a cat suit or something and somebody twisted a, a handful of the material well you get lots of tension lines created in other areas so the the tension in one area affects the entire body so if you stretch your hips your legs your shoulders all these other areas surrounding areas anything you can stretch that doesn't cause you too much pain that will have a knock-on effect uh, to the neck yeah, and, I mean, it, and it'll chill you out will make a difference. yeah totally so just Affecting your system in more of a general way rather than a specific way can sometimes be a good starting point for somebody who is really their body's angry and this in a state of inflammation. So I definitely come at this from a nutritional perspective, Mike, and I'd come at it um, from um, a, a general exercise perspective. So walking or um, light exercises, uh, something. Um, like that, you know, but definitely don't go into any high intensity exercise, and um, you know, you've definitely got to reduce the systemic inflammation by the sounds of it, because that's not a normal reaction. Um, even if you've had problems in your neck, it's not a normal reaction to have, you know, three or four days just from picking up, um, or twisting and doing a few stretches. So we'll get uh, on that. So. There we are. I think there's some good tips there for Mike. Um, like people like this come in to me for a massage and like you can't touch them, you know, because um, you just add in fuel to the fire. So you have to be really... Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, Mark. Yeah. Uh, a nice uh, a natural anti-inflammatory fish oils and vitamin C, two general supplements, which will have a r- 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 really massive effect on your inflammation levels. If you take 
uh, fish oils and vitamin C for six, eight weeks, you will... The only thing I would say with that is you've got to cut, if you're going to take fish oils, you've got to cut out the vegetable oils. Otherwise, you'll get so much omega-6, doesn't matter how much omega-3 you take, you won't balance it out. So you've got to cut out the um, the vegetable oils, which are full of omega-6. Yeah. So yeah, your, your false butters, you know, all those. Yeah, oils. you should be cutting that shit out anyway, but no, no, 100%. But yeah, yeah, 100%. Easy, easy one to, to Tip over, of, yeah. Get rid of the, your, your, your crisp and dry or whatever, canola yeah. or sunflower or safflower oil, all those oils. Get rid of them all. That, that's a very quick way to cut down your inflammation. Oh, they're so inflammatory, those oils. So that's a, a good uh, omega 6s. Okay, um, great. Next question, Matt? Yeah. Hi, Rich. I'm 50 years old and a keen runner. When a cold strikes, what activity can you still do? You know how horrible it is, in brackets, you know how horrible it is not being able to hit the gym when you are ill. Mandy. Hmm. I don't like runners. Mm. First thing is, you should be running outside if you can. I like to answer the question in a in a nice, polite, positive way. If you've got a head cold, Mark, you can do something, can you? Yeah. Exactly. If you've got a throat or a chest on you, it's probably better that you don't do too much. Go for a sauna, something yeah, like that. Something like it's that. A, it's a different. Yeah. You so, still make around the jacuzzi in the pool. Just do a bit of light exercise there. That'll help. Yeah. Okay. So, but. It gets my goat a bit with runners. They're addicted and they are their own worst enemy. They don't want to rest. They make themselves worse and the whole I want to keep training attitude is it's just it's just ridiculous for some of them, you know? And all I see in my experience is a lot of them are doing themselves a lot, a lot of damage by doing way too much volume, way too much mileage, and um, they they putting themselves into an early grave. And it's it's shown that you know endurance athletes have a lot more heart attacks and cardiovascular disease because of the inflammation. So you know, don't if you're ill, take a break. Your immune system's compromised. Just rest or like Mark said, have a sauna or have a jacuzzi and do something therapeutic because if you're an athlete, because that's what these people like to think themselves, oh, like, you know, they diet and they, they run themselves into the ground uh, doing the mileage and mileage. Well, if you're an athlete, you've got to have rest and recovery days. But these people, they tend to pick all the bits they like from an athlete's program, but they, 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 they don't, you know, they don't rate rest and recovery and yoga and foam rolling and a massage or a, or a sauna and all that sort of stuff. So they do lots of what they like, which is the running and the dieting. And they do hardly anything of the resting and the recovering. So um, don't miss a trick there, all the runners out there in, in the world. Make sure uh, downtime is productive time, okay? And I've taken runners and had real chats with them and cut them down massively on volume. And they start seeing PBs. Now, I say they start seeing PBs because quite often I meet these people, Mark, and I say to them, when was the last time you had a personal best? Oh, years, donkey's years, some of them. Over 10 years for some people. And I think, well, why are you banging your head against a brick wall type thing and just doing these four runs a week or whatever it is, you know, a short one, a speed session, a fast one, a hill session. It's just so frustrating um, trying to help these people. So that's my opinion on, on running. Another little rant. Last question for this podcast, Mark. Yeah, go for it. Okay, one uh, for you. 
I think. I know. Hi, Rich and Mark, more specifically. Went to the docs for test results on x-rays and tests. All clear and spookily enough, he has diagnosed fibromyalgia. This is Lorraine who, had the, who won the test on her evening. Would you, you mean oh, the yeah, GP? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, now uh, I have started, uh, they have started me on medication to be reviewed in four weeks. Lyrica, preg, prega, pregabilin, in brackets. Pregabilin. If you have space on you, me and the GP, would welcome your thoughts and suggestions. Also referred for monitored physio, Lorraine. Oh, I forgot how old you are, Lorraine, so 21. I don't think so. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, right okay. so yeah, what do we got for, for Lorraine? The first thing is, do not go on to the self-help groups or any of those because they're, they're run by, uh, what's the nice way to put it? Evan, it's sort of evangelical, all right? The best resource for fibromyalgia is, is look up the Canadian fibromyalgia. Just look up Canadian and fibromyalgia. You'll get the most wonderful resource on it, all right? And it is, I mean, I'm looking at it now. It is absolutely stupendous. I mean, we, we use the Canadian, um, diagnostic criteria. To yeah. You mentioned this before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fabulous thing. Paul, I, I don't, we haven't got much history here. So you've got to have, it's a complex thing, fibromyalgia. And to be honest, it's, it causes a lot of, um, problems amongst doctors. Some doctors don't believe it exists. Some doctors think it's, it's, everyone's got it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's definitely an illness out there that gives you this this problem, and it's basically it's, it's sort of loads loads of symptoms. There's no test for it. That's yeah, why. she's she's got like you know she doesn't sleep well. She's got pain, stiffness. Yeah, I'll tell you what the symptoms are. The first, that's the no energy. Yeah. Pain is everyone who's got fibromyalgia has pain. The other thing is fatigue, non-restorative yes. sleep, um, difficulty with your memory, um, spatial awareness, stuff like that. Mood disorder, get they get quite depressed. Um, pain related sort of symptoms, uh, non pain related symptoms. You know, so apparently 97% of people with um, fibromyalgia have sexual dysfunction. I mean, so it's a lot, a lot of different symptoms. Now, yes. the, the, the big thing about fibromyalgia is the, the, the real evidence shows that you get the best benefit of fibromyalgia from doing two things, and they're better than medication. It's a psychological therapy and an exercise therapy. Now, you got, you, you, psychological therapies like CBT, meditation, yoga, there's loads and loads of different things out there. Um, do one of those on one exercise thing. And, and that Canadian um, society thing has got loads and loads of good ideas. To be honest, I wouldn't take tablets for it. I would, I would start with those because the, all the evidence says that the tablets are not as good as doing those two things. Right, that's people brilliant. People often say, "Oh, I can't exercise." But everyone can exercise. Even you know, you've got people, you know, who've got um, quadriplegia. They can exercise. Yeah, of course. And Lorraine, she will need to probably come and see me for some exercise because she has tried exercise and tried gym memberships and stuff. And what happens with people like Lorraine, Mark, and it's very common is they don't realise how how low of a level they have to start back at, and the yeah. gym is not the place for them necessarily. So sure. it has to be activities of daily living to start. So until, you know, um, we can kind of conquer all that stuff. But that, as you say, is still exercise. So, and it's still going to get you to being in a gym. It's going to lead that direction. So there we are. Lorraine, um, I'm sure we can kind of work you into, into one of my groups. She's my buddy, Lorraine, as I, 
I, I exercise uh, her son and his, his friend. Um, she's a concerned mum with a 16-year-old son who's hitting the gym and she kind of asked me to take him under my wing a bit there. So we'll, uh, we'll sort something out there. Okay, that's, that's, that's a, enough questions for this episode, Mark. Sure. Happy? Yeah, good. Cool. Anything uh, you want to mention? Uh, if you've got, if you want to know what's going on inside you, have some tests. Mm. Come and see. Come and you know, have a look at our website and have a uh, get some tests done because often people will take supplements and all sorts of stuff, but they don't really know what why they're doing it or what they're yeah, doing it for. They're so, doing it blind. Yeah. 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 Come, come and uh, have a look at the website. See if they uh, see what's out there and what they can. You know, it, it may give them some ideas. Of, oh, I might might need to do that. Yeah. There's loads and loads of things. It's not cheap. If I mean, people wanted it, just a general health check and just have a once over of what's that? Uh, what we're talking, Mark? About hundred quid it is. So, wait, Mark, it's it's not expensive, yeah, mate. The amount of money, money, amount of money people spend on a night out or even just a Chinese takeaway or Domino's pizza, mate, is yeah. you know twenty thirty quid on that. And a night out is a hundred quid. So, if you want to spend a hundred quid on yourself and invest that money and have an actual report of Mark to say. These are your main health indicators. These are where you're at. And then in six or 12 months' time, once you put a little program in place, you can have yourself retested, and then you can see and have confidence that you are okay in those parameters and those indicators. It's, um, I, you know, I, I couldn't recommend it enough, guys. And I think over the age of 40, everybody should get it done once a year. Yeah, get 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 start with something simple like see, see your stress levels or, or your basic metabolic check, but get them done, and then at least you'll know where you are. Yeah, I mean, because people haven't got a clue. I mean, a lot of people I see come to see me and they're diabetic, and you think, well, where have you been? Mm. You know, you could have just could have been avoided. Mm. Oh, yeah, it takes a long time to, to get them back to normal health. Yeah. The Americans so, uh, are a lot more up on the testing than we are, and um, yeah. you know, it's uh, because of private uh, healthcare and people they they're gonna they all complain about the NHS going private over time and things but if it means a better service and I'm, I'm I'm up for a better service so you know, we pay we pay now yeah emergency problems if you have an heart attack if you've got a broken hip if you have this the NHS is fantastic but if you've just got you just don't feel right then the NHS isn't any good for you no because no. Too, I mean GPs doctors are too busy to worry about people who just don't feel quite right yeah they're worried well well, it's worried well, and also people who are ill, but it's, it's slightly more complicated than the average, if you see. Yeah, that. and it requires a bit more uh, thought, investigation yeah. and thought and time oh. and uh, a bit more of a trial and error kind of thing, yeah. really. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's just a little plug there. People no, are, that's me. That's what we're here for at the end of the day, is uh, to help people. And uh, never think, I used to think about price and things like that, Mark, and obviously price and cost is really important, but people value their health. Um, more than they value a cup of Costa coffee, and Costa coffee costed five pound a cup, mate. And yeah, I, the, I know the thing is, you don't that. value health until it's gone. That's yeah, the problem. yeah. So let's, um, you know, people have got to value your health, guys. Okay, and every year you should be spending a couple of grand a year on your health, whether it's a gym membership, supplements, um, healthy um, sort of activity, whatever it is. We should be investing in in your, your health and your, your fitness. Okay. So that's uh, enough. Um, leave your reviews, please, guys. I really uh, could do with a little boost up on the old uh, iTunes there over this period. So appreciate your reviews and um, any uh, questions. Just drop uh, the line through. All the details are in the show notes. 
underneath. So it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. You, me and the GP radio show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.